Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Zach, it's been a good spring so far, and now we're getting closer to summer. Um, starting to get hot out there. Yeah, you know, I'm enjoying the uh, the the nice cool mornings, the the nice sunny afternoons, and it's good to play outside with the kids or, um, yeah, just enjoy the the nice breeze and the warmth. Yeah, it's just so nice to have extra sunlight, you know, all the way up to like what eight o'clock now, eight thirty. Oh yeah. So you can go on bike rides, walks after work. Coming off Mother's Day, um, starting to move into the summer. So obviously, kids kids will be out of school soon, right? Very. Yeah, I was like, I was surprised looking at my kids' schedule. They're uh, they're out of school another two weeks, and it's like, well. What are we going to do with them at home now? Yeah, and then obviously NBA playoffs going on and NHL playoffs, so a lot of sports, so that's fun for those who care about that. Um, yep. So it's been a good, uh, yeah, just good spring so far. Well, speaking of interesting, we got a couple of interesting topics to talk about today. Uh, the first article we're going to talk about is how to avoid a costly mistakes uh, when the markets are down. So obviously everyone it's knows markets are down right now, so we're going to really want to cover that and uh, discuss what to do so we don't make big mistakes. That's right, yeah. and then we'll also be discussing, dis- discussing, do you have a retirement plan or do you just have a bunch of uncoordinated accounts? I think it's a good question to ask because a lot of times people have, they've saved a lot, they've done a good job saving, but it's, it's kind of scattered throughout the pla- throughout all over the place as opposed to being um, organized and a plan, a plan with their account. So. Yeah, we see that all the time. So yep. that would be that would be really interesting. By the way, I'm Ryan Borders. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. And my name is Zach Albanese. I'm a financial advisor and been in the industry for about three years now. Yeah, and we're excited to have you listening uh, to us today. This is our weekly show, so we're ex- you know we're up exclusively every Friday afternoon. Uh, we release another podcast, so you can find us uh, our show up on our website through MoneyMD.net. Or on iTunes or even Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts every Friday. You know, listen to us from anywhere in the world. We have lots of episodes you can go back and listen to. Maybe you have a big summer trip coming up. You could check us out. Uh, also, check out our website, moneymd.net, where you can uh, uh, you can link to us and ask us questions. You can send yeah. us questions for the show. Uh, yeah, we'd like to we see. love that. Yeah, that'd be great and always want to help. Um, so, okay, let's start off with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, so the financial fact of the week, which you you may have heard this phrase before, um, but it has to do with time in the market versus timing the market. Oh, yeah. um, the split between up and down time periods for, uh, if we use the S&P 500 as an index, from 1950 to the end of 2021, the last 72 years, um, as measured by days, has been up fifty-four percent and down forty-six percent. If you look at months, it was it's been up sixty-one percent and down thirty-nine percent. If you look at quarters, they've been up sixty-seven percent uh, of the time, thirty-three percent down. And if you look at years since nineteen, um, or sorry, since yeah, nineteen fifty, last seventy-two years, seventy-four percent have been up. And 26% have been down. If you look at the last five-year rolling time periods, 79% have been up, 21% down. And finally, 10-year rolling time periods, 89% up and 11% down. That was a lot of numbers. Yeah. But, but basically, to summarize this fact is I think a, a lot of times we use the statistics, 75% of the years, the market is up. 
and 25% down. So this just goes to show if you look at longer periods of time, you even have better statistics for that. Yeah, it just goes back to, yeah, I mean, if you stay in, historically speaking, it's rewarded you. So yeah. really, it's just very difficult to time markets. We talk about that over and over again. We're going to cover <clears throat> one of the articles today. Yeah. But um, historically speaking, uh, markets have rewarded you. So that's a great financial fact of yeah. the week. All right, so we're going to enter our next topic, our first topic of the day, and it's how to avoid a costly mistake when the markets Mark are down. Good, so good time to have this this topic. A- absolutely. So this comes from Ramsey Solutions, um, and Zach, you know the stock market has had a rough year so far. You know we can't deny that. You know with the Dow being down over ten percent for the year so far, uh, the Nasdaq being down over twenty five percent. You know really year to date. Uh, so yeah. Stock market ups and downs like these are tough for anyone who's building wealth for the future. Um, you know, you want your money to grow, not dwindle. Obviously, that's what everybody wants, right? Yeah. Um, in the midst of market of the market dip, uh, it's easy to get caught up in waves of emotions, especially when we're watching the news, looking at headlines. Uh, fear and worry can lead to panic, which could cause you to make a very serious and costly mistake. Uh, to be an educated investor, it's important to know how to deal with emo- the emotional side of investing. Uh, so you can avoid making mistakes in times like these and avoid losing thousands of dollars um, within your investment. So we're going to look at one example. Uh, Jim is our example today uh, and this $20,000 roller coaster ride. Yeah, we, we apologize if your name is Jim, but uh, don't take this personally. This is just an example. Um, so if we look at Jim as an example, in 2016, he learned the hard way that it's best to keep his hands off his investments because that year started out with a major market slide, similar to what we saw in 2018, and kind of what we're going through right now, well, not kind of, we are going through right now in 2022. So Jim began the year with, uh, let's just say, $200,000 in his investments. But by mid-February, the stock market had dropped 9.5% from the end of 2015. It was one of the market's low points since April of 2014. And the value of Jim's investments dropped by $19,000. So naturally, when he saw that, he began to panic. And he thought, you know, what if the market continues to tank? I can't afford another $19,000 hit next month. To keep from losing any more money in his savings, he sold off his, his mutual funds, moved to cash into a money market account to ride out the storm. Yeah, and the wait uh, wasn't long. By April 1st, the S&P 500 had risen 10.5%. Um, if he had just waited two months, Jim could have recovered his losses, but instead he made his losses permanent by keeping his money on the sidelines. He won't make that mistake again um, You know, this year. This right. hypothetical Jim. <laughs> hypothetical Jim. <laughs> yes, Uh so where Jim and millions of others went wrong, you know, this is what we're going to really look at next. Um, Jim's mistake is one that millions of investors make every year. Um, this is according to Eric Sorensen. He's another SmartVestor Pro in Denver, Colorado. Uh, that's why he teaches his clients how to deal with market volatility, you know, the ups and downs of the market before they start investing. And this is what we do, too. Uh, we really try to stress all this. Um, here's the advice he gives uh, Jim to help him avoid uh, the same mistakes in the future. And like I said, what we do as well. So the first one is don't bail on your investments. When Jim's retirement balance began dropping, his knee-jerk reaction was to protect his money right. that he still had by getting rid of the risky mutual fund investments and moving his money to something safe until markets stabilized. But it's important to to, uh, to predict, mar- uh, but it's impossible uh, to predict uh, market the market's future. Uh, when investors try to time the market this way, they generally end up losing more money than if they had left their investments alone as they ran, ride out the roller coaster. That's right. Um, if you miss some of the better uh, up days in the volatile market, 
that's going to significantly hinder your investment performance. So this is from Fidelity. This is some really interesting uh, data. We've looked at this before. Yeah. But if an investor started with 10,000, uh, if an investor start, starting with 10,000 had missed the best five investment days between January 1st of 1980 and May 20th, 2016, they would have missed out on roughly $180,000 in growth. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty significant. Yeah, right. Um, that's the uh, that number more than doubled to four hundred and fourteen thousand if they missed out on the thirty best days. Wow! So pretty significant there. Yeah, I mean, if you think about like thir- just the thirty best days, that's just a month's time. And a lot of times we talk to people who are they want to wait a few months for you know it to recover and then they'll feel better. But as that statistic showed, you really. You you don't have that luxury to to wait. Being in staying in the market is, um, you know, yeah, much I more mean, beneficial. Market timing is fine, but you got to be right twice. You got to yeah. get in at the right time and get in, you yeah, know, exactly. and, and get out at the right time as well. You, you got to time it twice, and and golly, that's hard. Yeah, yeah. So going back to Jim here. Sorry, we're picking on you, Jim, but Jim forgot that investing is is a marathon. It's it's not a sprint. And um, you know, Dave Ramsey says it's not an overnight success where you buy the best stock and are rich the next day. You really need to approach it as a long-term process. Um, so don't focus on day-to-day or month-to-month losses. Hang on to your funds through rough markets. When they rebound, you're going to be glad they did. Uh, the second point is um, really just to keep investing, especially when the market's down. No one likes losing money, but it's important to keep investing money even if the market is dropping. It seems backwards. It really does, but it's, it's, it's the, really the best advice you can get when you're, you, when you're making money and, and putting money into the market is to keep putting it in. So let's think of it this way. When the market drops, your shares, your mutual fund shares are basically on sale. You're getting them for a lower price because the market is down. It's the time to buy, not to sell. If you saw on TV a, a TV for sale a month ago for $300 and now it's on sale for $270, um, you know, you would you would take that deal and, and buy that TV. So Absolutely. And you know, that's not all. You know, historically the stock market has always recovered its losses, historically speaking. Um some uh and then sometimes in a day, you know, we'll sometimes see massive gains in just one day. Um but right. and sometimes in a week and sometimes in months and sometimes it takes years. Uh you just don't know. But historically it's always come back. Um and so and when and when the market does come back, you know, um, so will the value of your mutual funds. So That's you right. just want to make sure um, that you're in, that you're invested. Right. Yeah, something helpful that I tend to think, even for my my, my own stuff or with clients, is um, when the market's down, you haven't actually lost anything. You still have the same amount of shares. You have the same investments. Correct. They have a different value today, but you haven't lost anything. And so I think that that helps at least see it as a, a more of a long-term plan and not something that's just uh you know day one day it's this one day the next day it's that it's just more i have the same amount of investments or in fact if you're putting money in you're buying more and uh anyway that helps me kind of cope with some of the the fear that many people fall victim to absolutely and so let's just talk about what's going on right now so you know this article says you know when uh not if you know this happens again and obviously we're kind of riding through this right now so you know maybe you notice that um, this advice is to help Jim avoid these same mistakes in the future. Jim will almost certainly deal with more ups and downs of the stock market. Like right now, Jim's dealing with it's down. Uh, that's just the nature of the financial world. And while he can't go back and change the way he handled last year's or you know the last downturn and uncertainty, he can do a better job sticking to his investing plan. 
um, next time. So when yeah. what's going on right now? And so can you. And that's what we try to encourage everyone that's listening. Make sure you have a good plan in place. Um, you know, have a good perspective. Be well diversified. You know, we talk about that a lot on the show. But the main thing is have a plan in place. Don't take too much risk, especially if if markets do make you super nervous. Then you want to make sure you are more conservative. Right. And and you know you you don't take too much risk, um, especially those in retirement. You want to make sure you have a proper mix of stocks and bonds within that portfolio. Um, and so that's why it's important to have a good plan in place. That's right. Yeah, plans is hundred percent important with with. Uh your finances, with your savings, with your investments, to make sure you you know what it's doing and you're you're being intentional with it. So, yeah, good yeah, good great, topic. Yeah, great topic. No, very timely. <clears throat> so the next is the question of the week. So we got this one in um, this week. You know, I work, but my wife stays at home. Can we contribute to a? Can we both contribute to a Roth IRA for? Or can we contribute to a Roth IRA for her? So basically. Uh, obviously, you have to have earned income to contribute to an yeah. IRA, and so he's asking, hey. Uh, can she contribute too, even though she doesn't work? And the answer is yes. So yes. it's a spousal IRA. Yeah. Um, you are able to do that as long as you fit within the AGI, you know, the income limits. Um, you can do that even though she is not earning income and you are. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the limits, um, it's under under 200,000, I think, is the, the joint AGI limit. I know that off the top of my head. But like uh, yeah, make sure you, it starts at 204, 204 now. 204 now. Yeah. That's right. So uh, make sure you check that. But yeah, it's a great benefit if you can if you can afford to do it. It's great to get that money uh, in those Roth IRAs for for both of you. Absolutely, it's just another way to save, um, even if just one spouse is working. Yep. Great question. Uh, so this is our second topic. Do you have a retirement plan or just a bunch of uncoordinated accounts? Yeah. So this this is from uh, Kiplinger's. Uh, it's by a guy named uh, Zachary Herzog, and um, yeah, you know, there's a difference between having a portfolio of investments. Um, savings and other assets, and then actually understanding why you have them and what purpose they are serving in your overall retirement plan. So Ryan, you, you know, one of the biggest issues we see uh, when it comes to how people project their years in retirement is that most people do not consider the eroding effect of inflation. That is until you see a 40-year high of 8.5% this past March, and then you start to ask that question and it comes up more frequently. So you know that's why it's important to have a well-rounded um, picture of your financial plan in place. Some people don't factor in inflation when doing their retirement planning, but the significant price, spike in prices that we've recently seen really should be a trigger for all of us to look at in inflation with a little bit more scrutiny because the cost of everything is going up and that may mean that you have less money you can save for retirement. So the, the question becomes, how can you generate more income to offset inflation? Yeah. So what many people don't consider is how inflation would affect them in retirement if it went above 2% or even higher for long stretches of their retirement years. It's important now to take a look at the next 10, 15, 20 years with the possibility of inflation being higher than normal and determining mm -hmm. how that would affect your financial situation. Um, how could you do things differently with your money? How can you better prepare your current asset allocation for higher inflation? Um, yeah. These are good questions to be asking. So uh, the taxation angle is another consideration as you plan for retirement. Income tax rates uh, were reduced uh, by the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, but they are going to go back up as of right now uh, when the legislation expires at the end of 2025, which is Closer, getting pretty close, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, there have, have been other proposals to increase taxes, such as capital gains tax and income tax uh, rates on the highest earners. So you, you want to be thinking about these things. Yeah. Yeah. You really need to ask yourself this question. 
If your tax rates were to increase, how would that affect your retirement planning? Uh, if a spouse passes away, the su- surviving spouse will no longer be in a married joint filing tax bracket, but rather in a higher single filing, single filer tax bracket. So looking at the debt our country is accumulating, including trillions in stimulus spending in the last two years, many people think it, it increases in taxes, uh, an increase in taxes is on the way. But whatever happens in the next few years in terms of inflation and taxation, there are some financial factors you can control. Uh, but a lot of people are unaware of them. That's because too many people are failing to properly prepare. And failing to prepare for retirement can mean preparing to fail. Yeah, it's a point kind of number one. I think this is this is really good is a portfolio is, is not a plan. Right. So, you know, a lot of times people come in here and they have a portfolio, but I'm like, well, have you have you ever run a plan? And right. and, and they say, well, no, but um, so yeah, portfolio is not a plan. We feel that uh, carefully thought out and organized retirement plan includes looking at all sources of income. Uh, the structuring of investments, healthcare, taxation, and legacy. It also includes knowing how your accounts should be uh, managed according to risk tolerance, taxes, etc. So there's a lot more to it than just your investments. A portfolio is not a plan. So too many people just have a bunch of accounts, but not you know a coordinated plan about how those accounts can work together um, and complement one another in order to provide a potential growth and stability, especially during volatile times. Yeah, let's say we're looking at a, a person's portfolio, which might include retirement accounts like an IRA, 401k, a pension if you're lucky in today's world, an annuity, savings, ca- savings account, brokerage accounts. Often you, when you ask them why the money is being managed in a certain way, they actually they don't know. They just know what they have, but they don't know why it's being managed that way. And so I think especially with high inflation as you're planning for retirement, it is time to know as one fundamental way is to reverse engineer your plan. Um, and so I think a way to do that well is to ask these, these questions here. So number one, what is your cost of living right now? Number two, how much income do you actually need presently in your working years? So maybe if you have a budget, that, that really helps paint the picture of what you actually need. Uh, number three, what will your cost of living be in retirement? Remember, you might spend more than you think, especially early on in retirement. Money is worth more earlier in retirement. And in retirement, every day is a Saturday. So you got to think about that a little differently. And number four, a good question to ask is how much income will you need um, you know, when, you, when you do retire? So what's your cost of living now? What's your cost of living going to be in retirement? And then what do you think about income? What's your needs in retirement? So once you figure out those income numbers, then you have to add inflation on a yearly basis. And that will give you a starting point for the kind of income you'll need the year you retire and for subsequent years um, in retirement. Yeah, and taxation, along with its effects on your money in retirement, is another good reason to get with a professional planner uh, to assess uh, ways you may be able to lower your tax burden. Uh, One avenue to consider is converting some of your traditional IRA or 401k into Roth IRA or Roth 401k. Uh, Roth withdrawals are tax-free when withdrawn after the age of 59 and a half. Tongue twister right there. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Roth withdrawals. That's tough to say. Uh, as long as the assets have been in the Roth for at least five years. So, you know, going back to 59 and a half and as long as the assets have been in the Mm -hmm. Roth for at least five years, uh, keep in mind though, that when making a Roth conversion, you are taxed on the amount you convert in the years that you do so. Right. So that's important to know. You want to calculate that. You want to understand that, um, or you might have yourself a bit of a surprise. That's right. Uh, so very important. Uh, a few more considerations here, um, Here are other areas to focus on as you build your retirement plan. Uh, Social security. It's a big one. Yeah. Uh, Figure out the best options for your specific situation. If you're married, when should each of you start taking the benefits? 
how much Social Security will meet your monthly expenses. That's really important to have a good Social Security yeah, plan right. in place. Uh, we, we do a lot of that here. We do that a lot, all the time, yeah. Personal assets. These include savings, your home, stocks, retirement accounts, cash value of uh, life insurance policies, if you do have that, rental properties, annuities, etc. cetera. Uh, regarding investments, it's important to gauge how many years you have left before retirement to determine how the money can be managed in terms of risk tolerance. That's very, very important. Yeah. Some other things to think about are things like healthcare, including Medicare choices and long-term care planning. And you know, longer lifespans, we're living longer these days, there's rising healthcare costs. Those are key factors in retirement planning. And health savings accounts are becoming an important component of retirement savings plans. And if you have the ability to take advantage of a, a HSA or a health savings account, <clears throat> we really encourage um, clients to do that. So, you know, rising inflation has, has always been a reality, but it's rapid increase in the last few months, this last year, uh, is really a reminder of why it must be accounted for in, in, in a retirement plan. Taxes in retirement catch some people by surprise as well. And additionally, it's possible that we go through, um, you know, recessions or market corrections. And we just, we just want you all to be prepared. And so going back to the first point, a portfolio is not a plan. Um, I just think that's yeah such a good thing to remember, to really sit down to, to bring all your financial components together and to actually have a plan, in play, a plan in place. It prepares you against the factors that are out of your control, helps give you financial peace of mind. Uh, you don't want to spend the remainder of your working years, especially your hard-earned retirement years, worrying about you know, what you should do because by that point, it, it might be too late. So Yeah, and I think this is just a good topic because, you know, it, when markets are really good, you know, we had a couple good years here, uh, it's easy to, to think that the portfolio is the plan because everything's just good. Hey, it's, it's yeah, growing right. a lot. But when you kind of hit more turbulent times, more uncertainty in the economy and the markets, you know, you just in the news, it's good to have the plan in place. So when things do come up, you know you can go and review the plan, look at the plan and make Fall sure. Fall back on it, yeah. Yeah, you look at your probability of success. Um, I, I think this is just a good time to, to really, if you don't have a plan, to put one in place. Yeah, absolutely. No better time. Great, great topic. Um, and so this leads us finally to the Rx of the week, so our prescription of the week. Um, and yeah, it's kind of in line with a lot of what we've been There's talking about today. There's yeah, a, theme, a little Yuri. bit of a theme. <laughs> Uh, so don't make emotional decisions based on headlines and short-term performance. Uh, we teach that here a lot. I mean, oh, yeah. when you know the markets are down, the news talks about the markets a lot more, and they they love to to talk about the bad. Um, and obviously, historically speaking, that's always the worst time to make a change and to do yeah. something. So you know, one thing is we tell clients here: Hey, turn off the news, tune out the noise, um, go back to the plan as we've been talking about today, and. Um, and, and just, yeah, don't, don't make any big decisions because when, when emotions are kind of, you know, raging up, when we become angry or we become nervous, that's when you make bad decisions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we're here to talk to you through that. I mean, it's, that's, I mean, that's just a a great time to just reach out, call, um, even if you might know the, the history of the market and the, the logical next step of, of what to do. Sometimes it just, it feels good to talk to somebody. So, um, that's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just even going back to that point when, you know, in any decision in life, when, when emotions get involved, you know, it, it just, I think about my own life, you know, when you get antsy or, you know, emotions are involved, like I want to buy something particular, you know, uh, it's easy to make a bad decision when you let the emotion take over. And yeah. it's hard to separate that um, because we yeah. are emotional beings. I mean, we, yeah, are, right. we are people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So good RX of the week. Absolutely. Good topics. Yeah. Good themes here. 
Yeah, it was a, it was a good show. It was good. Finally, we got to do it together. That's, That's the right. first time we've done this together. Yeah. Uh, so that has been this week's edition of Money MD. So tune in next week on MoneyMD.net to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check out our website, MoneyMD.net, and send us your questions or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of the week. Yeah, have a great weekend. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVistor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.